God, we thank you for this passage of scripture and this snapshot of what the early church was like. And as we find ourselves in some strange circumstances today, we pray that we would find some inspiration from what happened back then, that we would be able to apply it to our ministry today. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. I want you to imagine that you have an opportunity to do some kind of public performance. And so maybe that is doing some music, maybe it's singing, maybe it's giving a speech, maybe uh, you do uh, crafts or you, uh, you build things and you're about to present that to people. Basically, you're, you're in a situation in which you are able to present whatever gifts or skills that you have to a public audience so that they can react in some way. So you do that, you, you give whatever it is that you have, and someone comes up to you, and they say to you, uh, as you were up there, I was looking at what you were doing, and I just want you to know I was absolutely filled with awe. I was just so filled with awe watching you do that. How would you feel? You, you probably would feel pretty good. You would really feel encouraged by that. And then the next person comes up to you and says, you know what, when you were doing your thing, I felt awful. I absolutely felt awful. Just absolutely awful. Now, how do you feel about that? You probably are not as excited about the second person as you were about the first person. But technically, aren't they saying the same thing? The one person is saying that they were filled with awe, and the other one was saying that they felt awful. Uh, isn't it the same thing? So is it good to be filled with awe or is it bad? What, how does that work out? We see in this passage that the early church and the work of the apostles, uh, as the people in the community uh, saw what was going on, they were filled with awe. Was that a good thing or was that a bad thing? And what about us today? If we had an awful effect on our community, is that something we would even want? Would we be, want to be known as the church that, uh, that creates a, an awful impact on our community? Or do we want something different? So that's what we're going to take a look at as we look at the snapshot of the early church. So uh, let's just remember what's been going on in Acts chapter 2. We've had the day of Pentecost. The Holy Spirit has been poured out upon the church. The church has been born. Uh, Peter has uh, preached. He has identified this, the fulfillment of Joel's prophecy, that the Spirit would be poured out upon all flesh. Uh, people have repented, have baptized. 3,000 people have joined the church, and it's just been an incredible thing. So there's this very public a uh, dramatic event that takes place right at the beginning. And now we're shifting into more of what's happening on the day-to-day -day thing. So there's been that, that one big event, but you can't just live on an event. You need the day-to-day -day things happening. And that's what we're seeing in this passage. And we're told that... Uh, the, the church was, was doing various things. They were uh, meeting together. They were breaking bread, which may mean a meal. It may mean communion. It may mean 
I mean, this is what I believe. It's a combination of both, that they probably were meeting together for uh, meals and were celebrating communion within that. Uh, they're praying, they're learning from the uh, teachings of the apostles. And this is the kind of day-to-day events that were happening with the early church. And then we also see that the apostles were doing something and it's described as signs and wonders. Now that sounds great, doesn't it? To, to have a church that is filled with signs and wonders. And I used to um, be a part of a Pentecostal church and there was a longing in that congregation that we would see signs and wonders. But what are signs and wonders? And is that just kind of a, a group that means the same thing? Well. That signs and wonders basically is referring to uh, what it's pointing to and what is happening. So the first part here are the signs. And the focus of signs is about what, whatever it is that is taking place, what is it that it is pointing to? And in this case, it's pointing to Jesus. That's the, the purpose of it. These are not signs and wonders just for the, the sake of, of creating some excitement and having something that people be, wow, that was, that was pretty impressive. Rather, it is pointing towards Jesus. That's the whole purpose of a sign. So when you're driving along the highway and you, you're trying to go to a particular place and you see the exit there, you, and you turn at that exit, you're not turning there because you thought, well, you know what? That's a really pretty sign. I like the colors on that sign. That is really nice. That's not what you're doing. You're looking at it saying, I want to go to this particular place. And it is saying to go to that place. This sign is saying, this is the exit I have to take. That's what the purpose of these signs are. We need to be pointed towards Jesus and the focus is, focus is on Jesus. But what about the wonders? The wonders are actually the, the thing that is taking place. And, uh, we are assuming here that it, it, the apostles are doing something like what Jesus had been doing in terms of, of healing and, and that miracles and, and that kind of thing. But it's interesting that the focus isn't on that. There, there's not a lot of description of what the apostles are doing in terms of miracles. There's the most of the emphasis is actually what is happening in the church in the terms of their, their praying and uh, they're studying and especially they're sharing. They're sharing of their possessions one with another. That seems to be the focus here. But what are these wonders? And uh, most of the time, you're not going to be interested in the Greek, especially Amanda, because she has just finished her uh, first course on Greek and she doesn't want to hear any Greek right now. But we're going to have to, she's going to have to just deal with it right now because we're going to look at this. Actually, the word for wonders here is the same word that we get our English word terror. Isn't that strange? Terror. That's the same. It, it comes from the same word. And in the Greeks there, it actually was the, the word that they would use for monsters. And so if you can imagine the ancients, uh, you know, the, their idea of, you know, being in the woods and encountering this monster and the reaction that they would have to be in the presence of this uh, incredible whatever it is. That's the kind of image that is being used here, that it is something that creates this, uh, just, you're in, you have the sense that you're in the presence of power. So um, the, the idea here is about strength. 
and being in the presence of something that is unusual. This is not something that would just normally take place, like that you would walk along a sidewalk and see, see a nicely manicured lawn and say, wow, that's what, you know, I, that's a, quite a wonder. Uh, it, it's something much more powerful than that. And we see here that the community, the outside community, is seeing these signs and wonders, and they're reacting, and they're reacting with awe. And again, we have to we have to dig deep as to what is awe. What is the kind of impact that they are having? And once again, and for the last time, I'm going to bring in the Greek here. The Greek word for awe is phobos, the same word that we get phobia from. So it means fear. It really does mean fear. Just to give you a sense of, of what that word means, uh, in Greek mythology, the Greek god Phobos was the son of the war god. And so that's the kind of fear that is, is there. It really does mean fear. So when we think of awe, we have a really wide range of what that could mean. So you could look at a, uh, a beautiful sunrise and you could feel a sense of awe. Like, look at the, the, the sun coming up, you know, and, and the way the clouds are, and oh, it's just beautiful, and you have that sense of awe. It's actually looking at something more powerful than that. I want you to imagine that coming along Niagara Falls long before um, people have built up around it. If, if you could go back in time and just come across Niagara Falls, that you could just walk right up, to the edge of Niagara Falls without any barrier between it, between you and the falls, and you're looking down at it, that would give you a sense of awe. There would be a little bit of fear there because you realize, wow, there's a lot of power in front of me right in that moment. That's the kind of awe that is being talked about here. And that is the effect that the community is uh, receiving from the apostles and from the early church. They are filled with awe. Literally, the early church is having an awful effect on the people around them. Now, what about us? As Queen Street Baptist Church, are we having an awful effect on our community? And do we even really want that to be happening? And what about these signs and wonders? Should we be looking for signs and wonders to be happening in our congregation. And if we do want to have signs and wonders, what are we talking about there? What are we expecting to have happen? Are we expecting to have uh, miraculous healings every week or other kinds of miracles that would take place? What is going on? And one question that we could ask is during this time of COVID-19, when we close the doors to our building, when we stopped having people come in for our various programs that we were offering, did the community even notice that we were shut down? Did they notice that things were not working the way they normally worked? Did people miss us at all? That's an important question for us to ask because if there was no sense of that, of them uh, missing out uh, on what we were doing, then we'd have to wonder why are we doing what we're doing? And this is an important question for us to ask. And, and I'm pleased to say that uh, having interacted with a lot of people during this uh, these last number of months, that there are people that have come and asked, 
You know, when is the church opening up again? Uh, when are you offering those programs again? When are you doing this and that? And we miss the times when the church was doing this and this and this. And I was pleased to see that, yes, the community missed the things that we had been doing. Of course, we were limited in what we could do, but we did what was available to us in the circumstances that were uh, that we found ourselves in. And one of the things that we were able to do was to continue to give to the food bank. In fact, uh, things went so well during this COVID time that we had to cancel our one-ton challenge and replace it with a two-ton challenge because so much food was coming in that we were able to donate to the food bank. And I wish that you could see the facial expressions of the people as we would bring in this uh, food. Because what we were hearing on the news is that donations were way down. Because people, well, first of all, people were hoarding their food, right? So they didn't want to donate because they didn't know what was going to happen. So they wanted to have as much food in their homes as possible. And then also people were afraid to go out. So they didn't want to actually go to community care and bring their donations. And so donations were way, way down. And Amanda and I would show up and they, first of all, they would be impressed that there would be anyone just coming with a donation. And they would expect that we would bring like two cans of tuna and uh, that that would be a big thing. And we would bring in bag after bag. And you, the, the expression on their face was like, whoa, what's going on here? Uh, everyone else is cutting their donations and you're bringing us way more. What What is happening here? I would say, I would go so far to say that there was a look of awe on their face when that was happening because we were doing what we were able to do and we were having an impact. I would say an awful impact on our community in the most positive of ways. Now we are moving into a new time as a church there where things are changing once again. We uh, may not be where we were just uh, a couple of months ago in the, the height of the pandemic, but we're not back to normal either. And we're going to have to figure out how we do different things. There are changes that are going to be happening. Uh, for many years, this congregation has felt... Uh, uh, pride, and, and I don't mean that necessarily in a, in a bad way, but pride about uh, the rule that we've had with, out of the cold and the people who have slept in this building. That's probably not going to be happening again, at least not for a long time, that we're going to have people sleeping in this building. Ministry is going to look different. Uh, we don't even know what's going to what it's going to look like in terms of meals for people. Uh, out of the cold is still trying to negotiate what that is going to look like. And all of our other ministries are going to have to try to figure out new ways to do things in our current climate. But that's not necessarily a bad thing. What we find in this passage is a church that is brand new. They don't have years and years of tradition of the way things always had been where they could just fall upon that. All they could do was follow the Spirit's leading and to do what they could do and out of that would emerge signs and wonders, things that would point towards Jesus and things that would uh, give the people of the community uh, a realization that God was at work in this community of faith. And so everything is new for us today 
and we're in a similar position. When people think about Queen Street Baptist Church, we want people to feel awful. Now, I don't mean that we want them to feel sick to their stomach or anything like that, but we want them to have a sense of awe that, you know what, that's that congregation that God's really at work. It's not just a a bunch of people who like to come in and and to uh, listen to some nice music and and to enjoy the, the beautiful stained glass windows, but God is really, really at work and that people would be in awe of that. That this would be a place where there are signs and wonders, not necessarily in the way we often would think of it in terms of a charismatic uh, way of, uh, of what we often consider to be miracles, but signs and wonders, signs that are pointing towards Jesus. That everything we're doing is pointing back to Jesus and that there are wonders that are happening here, things that are, are creating a, a real impact that people understand that God is definitely at work that people would look at this congregation and would have a sense of awe that, oh, you know, they're not the the biggest congregation, but something amazing is happening in there. This is a scary time for our church, but it's an exciting time for our church to seek God's leading, to be faithful to him, and to participate in whatever it is that God has for this church. Let us pray. God, we're amazed when we think about the early church and uh, a relatively small church uh, meeting together in homes, uh, not uh, large auditoriums or anything like that. And yet they were living out the mission that you had given to them of studying and praying and sharing. God, we pray that you would be with us as we are in a new stage of ministry for our congregation. May we follow that same pattern, that we would be inspired by that same desire to be used by you. And we make ourselves available to, not just as individuals, but as a congregation, uh, that you would work in our church in wonders and that we would always point towards Jesus as the reason for all that we do. We pray that people would have a sense of awe, not a sense of awe of how great we are as individuals, but a sense of awe as into what you are doing through us. And we pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen.